Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And my name is Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, Claudia, we are back for week two with our series on employees. What are they good for? Carl, we've sort of been discussing some of the things we overlook when we have problems with our employees. And last week we talked about sort of this kind of change of framework. We view this employee relationship. So remind us a little bit about that. Well, we've got it in our heads. Half of us have it in our heads that employees are not that great a thing, that they're an unfortunate necessity, a complication. Uh, we, we can't do it all ourselves, and we, are, after all, are the most competent person. So we, we need to hire others. We try and keep that expense down, and we try and minimize it. And what you and I are chatting about is we kind of got the wrong lens on um, when we're trying to mitigate the uh, reality of having other people with us. And instead, we need to turn it around and see it for what we believe it really is, which is uh, a great opportunity. Uh, Human beings full of potential and dreams and passions and skills and brains and find ways to engage them with jobs that are are meaningful. So what we're going to do is we're going to take this other lens in this series, employees, what are they good for? And we're going to look at some of these problems that we run into And this week, we're um, going to be looking at the problem of not being able to find good employees and why we can't find good help and and what's behind that conundrum so many of us seem to be running into. So we have these issues, right? We we are frustrated because we send out job descriptions, our human resources department processes them, and they hand us these resumes, and we interview people, and it's just not what we're looking for. It's so rarely what we're looking for. And, you know, since we've been in a tough economy for several years now, the number of resumes we're getting are just off the charts. They're more than we can look at. They're more than we can read. And they're definitely more than we can't meet everybody. That is actually what we need to do. Because the way we're going about looking for employees is the reason that we're not finding the good employees. So we have this sort of, and we've talked about this a little bit before, a bit of an adversarial relationship, I'm sorry, lens that we view in our, our employees. It's a, a little bit like we have to do this. So, if we're, and so we just go about, you know, well, let's find the best person we can get. Right. But it's sort of not ideal. Well, it's backwards. It's, it's, it's backwards because you're, what you're going to do is you're going to end up hiring a human being. And human beings, while we have lots in common, like years of experience or not in a certain field, we also are very unique. And so by going about it in terms of putting a generic job description out there that has all, you know, kind of the mechanics of what we need accomplished written down, our human resource departments, our computers, if we're using a computer program to call resumes, are not looking at these human qualities that distinguish the candidates. They're they're looking at the mechanistic ones, years of experience, education, and different key words. So we're missing, we're calling out lots of the people who would be a perfect fit, but who maybe have three or four years of experience instead of five or six. And we're meeting a lot of people who don't fit on any of the intangibles who meet all the, the key words. So practically speaking, we have a job description. Oh, I'm sorry, we have an empty position. We craft a job description. We hand it to the proper people and human resources to sort out resumes. This is our process. So how do we 
How do we change this lens from just seeing that employee as this, or this job description as something that needs to be filled into actually trying to find a human being that fits our working style, our values, and can be with our team? Well, there's two sides of it. One is thinking differently about what needs to be done. And in small to medium-sized firms, a lot of what needs to be done was shaped by the person who used to have the role. And so when we are looking for a replacement, we write out the job description in terms of what the previous person did. And because everyone else has their tasks and they're all already all divided up, that job description is that job description. And then we're looking at asking all these round pegs to fit into this square hole. So one way we could do it would be in our job descriptions to limit ourselves just to the crucial, crucial things we're skills or things we're looking for. Absolutely crucial. And then what we want to do is we want to look at ourselves as a leader and the rest of the team and put in the job description or put in your interview process what kind of person you're looking for. And here what we're going to do is we're going to put some meat and bones on some of these intangibles we talked about. So if um, you're a busy leader and you need your um, team to be able to function independently, you know, you've got to get somebody who can function independently. If you've got a highly collaborative team who's, who likes to work together and laugh together and talk together and discuss ideas together, you don't want to get the perfect candidate for the task, but who likes to work alone and keeps things to themselves and doesn't you know, know how to keep other people informed of how things are going. So it's some of these crucial cultural realities that you're inviting a new person into that we want to get into our hiring process so we can recognize these people when we meet them. Well, and it also strikes me that as we kind of set about looking for people, we, we don't know what we want. And so, or we don't really think through what we want. We just sort of think of what gets a person hired. So we have to meet a certain number of experience in order to, you know, rate a job at a certain standard or pay or grade is what they call it. But we don't think about what we actually need. Right. So let's put some meat on those what we need because we sort of need some of those HR categories, and but they, they also sort of trap our thinking. So, you know, pay grade, it's a budget issue, and so we, don't, we may need certain skills that go to a higher pay grade, but we don't have the budget for it. So we kind of massage the judge down to something that we can afford. And, yeah, that messes with our minds, and we end up coming up with something that's not really going to meet our need at all. But you, you, you make a good point. We don't include ourselves as the leader of the team, as somebody trying to fill a hole in the equation of what kind of partner we're looking for in um, that role. And one, we're, we're looking for a machine instead of a person. You know, we're looking for the you know, best machine, skin-covered machine we can find that's got all those skills and requirements that we've listed, filled out our HR form. Um, but, you know, as a person, we need a certain kind of person alongside our, our team. And if you need a real serious, focused, press the pedal to the floor type worker, you've got to be watching for that because you get a, a, a laid back or casual type person and then you feel like they're not working. Well, they are working. They just have a different style and they're not appropriate for that role, not appropriate for your team. And it's hard. And we're not even, I'm not even trying to pretend it's easy to say that it's simple to put these intangibles into the equation. But when you don't, you end up making your decisions based on kind of the impersonal mechanistic criteria of the job description. 
and you end up saying, I can't find good help. Well, and it strikes me that um, a good exercise maybe for yourself would be, it's fine to think of a job description. Those things are the tasks of the job. That's something, information that both you and the person you hire need to know in terms of accountability and for the function of that job. But maybe also think of the kind of person you would like. So things like, well, I have X working style and I'd like someone to work with me that's, you know, a compliment or exactly like me or... Exactly. And the other thing I it makes sense to do is to to be flexible. Like maybe maybe if you say, I actually need someone that I can train more than I need someone who has experience. So even though this job, I actually want a person with less experience so that I can train them myself. Exactly. So the more that you can get out on the table for yourself, now again, this isn't going to be something that you can, it's going to be on the form that the HR department requires in order to post a job opening. But minimally for your interview process, you'll be aware of these other factors. So let's go over them besides the, just the mechanics and the skills and the experience needed to do the tasks associated. You, you want to describe what kind of culture they're coming into. Is this a hardworking, high-pressure, driven place? And you're looking for that type of person. You want to be able to describe what kind of team they're coming into. You know, this is a highly collaborative, highly communicate all the time environment, or it's a very independent, very competitive environment. Those descriptions will attract two different types of employees, one you want and one you don't want. And then same finally with yourself at the smallest level of what kind of partner you're looking for to complement yourself in beyond the tasks of the role. And to, any, to whatever extent you can describe what you're looking for, that's going to help you call out the people who are not attracted by that, and it's going to draw others in who will want to work with you. Well, and I, I think what strikes me and perhaps might be the, the best part of advice that we can give to our listeners today is you need to be part of the process. Mm-hmm. If you want to hire good people, you need to be a part of the process. So if you're leaving this up to someone else, an HR department alone. Or a computer alone. Or a computer that's just flagging people. For keywords. For keywords, then you're not going to get the idea of a, of, a, of a complete person. And that's changing the lens, right? That's just changing your lens. That's, you're handicapping yourself and you're, and you're missing out on wonderful potential people. And so that's, what, that's all we want to do with this. That's all we want to do is we're looking for a good fit across the board. And a lot of the computerized search um, mechanisms that are out there right now and a lot of the delegation that goes on to human resource departments, it can't, all that is hard to communicate. All that is hard to, they are intangibles. They are a little, you know, not as easy to sink your teeth into as, as the job tasks are, but they're crucial. And what they will do is you will attract the people who are motivated by those intangibles, and you will um, be unattractive to the people who are not motivated by them. And so somebody who does not like a highly competitive environment will not apply for the position. And those who get all fired up in that environment will. But you don't put that in there. This is a highly competitive place. Then you're, everyone's applying, and you're pulling them based on other things. Well, I'm looking forward to continuing our discussion on employees, particularly because I think right now we're just sort of finding that 
a lot of people would like to be employed. And so I think it's a, it's good also for those that are wanting to be employed to really be able to look at your personality and be able to to see what you can offer to the table that's not on a job description. Exactly. The people are assets to invest in. They are not expenses to minimize. And that will reshape how we go about it. Well, next week we'll be talking about retaining, yes, retaining our employees. why are we not retaining Why do they always leave? That's the right. good ones. The good ones. Why do the good ones always <laughs> leave? We're on the web at boldenterprises.com. We always welcome your comments and questions and stories. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production. 